Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is March 3rd. I am David Gasper, joined as always by co-host Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Spring training is underway, and we actually have games to watch, so we'll be talking about that, as well as some roster updates, free agent possibilities, and prospects. So there's a lot to discuss. Helping us with that discussion this week on the Cold Brew Podcast is Bill Schmid, host of Sports Map All Night on Sports Map Radio and one of the guys at 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. Bill, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you doing? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk some Brewers baseball. I mean, we're one month away from opening day, and uh, we're starting to get that itch, and I'm finally excited to be able to get to American Family Field. There it is. First <laughs> yeah. first catch of the night. <laughs> Got to say it right the first time. Can't just – I mean, you could just go with the, the stadium formerly known as Miller Park. I think that's what I might be going with. You know, just, I just, like that little Prince feel to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you just kind of you got to keep it somehow because Miller Park was just so perfect. And I mean, it's the name of the stadium. You know, it's fine. It's whatever. But it's just it's just kind of tough to change that habit after, what, 20 years of it being Miller Park. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. I I always love the keg nickname, so I think I'll probably roll with that. But it rolls off the tongue a little bit better than American Family Fields of Phoenix. I always got tripped up with that one (laughs) when we'd rolled out for spring training where they're playing right now. Yeah, I'm going to be heading down there uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, actually. So Love it. That's, yeah, that's going to be fun. I, I got to get to the warmth. It was like mid-40s today, so like that was wonderful, but it's going to be like 80s down there. There's going to be sun. It's it, It'll be incredible, so so that'll certainly be fun to see. Um, and you were at spring training last year, right? Yeah, so I've been able to go down. This was, last year was my third uh spring training going down and covering when I was working over the fan and we would uh we were down there last year funny like the timeline of how everything planned out and how everything worked out was we got down there on a Saturday night at like midnight flew out late that Saturday got there got our rental car get to the Airbnb spot at like 1 a.m and uh those days start up pretty early so we're at the stadium by seven to try to get into the clubhouse do some interviews uh Timmy and I were firing up. I think we got like seven interviews that first day in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Business is normal. Yeah. Monday, come back, and everybody's off and running. We're starting up the shows, and we're doing the afternoon show, and that's when Major League Baseball, along with like the NFL, NBA, NHL, all put out that media wasn't going to be in the locker room anymore. Mm. Come back the next day, we're in some broom closet where they were doing a couple <laughs> of interviews, and then uh, we, we got no used to that we come back on wednesday and uh on tuesday they announced that there was going to be no fans at the ncaa tournament we do that panic show the next day we come back and we're going through all sorts of different protocols are they going to cancel this are they going to cancel that well we're on our way over to see the brewers and dodgers at camelback where they actually played their first game uh, against Mm -hmm. the white Sox. And on the way over there, we get the notification that Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19, mm-hmm. yeah. went into the game, and that was the last game that I've seen. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, as, that's as quick as it changed, man. And it was uh, it was wild. By Friday, we couldn't even get into the stadium where we had been doing the show. So it was uh, it was a whirlwind of a week, that's for sure. Yeah, crazy, like crazy turn of events. And really just, yeah, Rudy Gobert like kicked all of that off. Like if he didn't test positive – 
or if no one in the NBA tested positive, that league wouldn't wouldn't have shut down, and then none of the other leagues would have shut down, and then it was just it, it was like this butterfly effect where it's just like as soon as he went, as soon as he went, everything else fell. Well, and that video too of him going and touching everybody. Oh room. yeah, like that was that was the damn it, it Rudy. Right, if anybody was gonna do it, he was the guy that did it, and it was it was wraps from there. You could tell by that night it was over. Yeah, absolutely insane and hard to believe that it's been a year. It's like it almost feels like it's been longer, but at the same time, it feels like it hasn't been that long at all. You know? Yeah, because we've been sitting in sitting on our asses for for a full year, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No games to go to, nothing. I was oh, going to say, sitting on our asses, but not at a game, yeah. unfortunately. Exactly. But it's yeah. coming. It's coming, yeah. guys. Sitting on our asses, drinking beers by ourselves, watching, trying to watch some games. I'm I'm back to the Miller Lite this week, Matt. I, 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 I had the I had the uh, uh, Keeper Moving Lager last week, but uh, we ran through that uh, in the past couple of days. Um, so back <laughs> back to the Miller Lite. Stuff. Nice. Now, I'm still. I, I've got that my box still. It's it's still spring outside. It still feels like the right move right now. Yeah. Just tasty, tasty spring like beer. Yeah. In our as soon as, as soon as it gets to opening day, we we all got to do a, a summer shandy. Um, yes, sir. To to ring in the ring in the season. So spring training. Um, now we actually do have games going again. Uh, it's it's been a year since that. So uh, we, we're a couple games into the season. Brewers are looking pretty good. They're they're three and one as of right now, uh, well on their way to the Cactus Cup, uh, winning the Cactus League. So, um, Billy, I mean, you you've been uh, watching these games, and you know what what's really kind of stuck out to you the most about about the first few games about this Brewers team? Well, I think the uh, the biggest development and the most uh... The, the conversation that I think is going to get taken from Craig Council talking today after Rasmussen starts off by throwing a two-piece, right? He throws two mm-hmm. innings a day, and they're planning on trying to stretch him out a little bit, apparently, more like in the uh, the Brent Suter role, which I think is, is dynamite. If you're able to have a dude that's humming 98 as smooth of a delivery as, as Rasmussen had last year coming off, I mean, we kind of forget he was – a dynamite first round, first, second mm-hmm. round kind of prospect coming out before those two Tommy John surgeries. If they're able to get him into that role and he fits and and develops the way that he could, uh, that's another dangerous weapon, man. And that bullpen is already uh, top, what, eight in baseball, five in baseball. I mean, I don't know how At modest least. we're going to be, but they're, they're <laughs> up there as one of the most dynamite crews, uh, pardon the pun, in the league at that point. And Pitching is going to be interesting. I don't know where you guys think about it this year. Starting pitching is might be even more imperative for the long 162, where these bullpen guys, I think, really got taxed a little bit more probably in that 60-game bit last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to imagine with a guy like Drew Rasmussen, you could uh, do that thunder and lightning with him pairing him with like uh, Lynn Bloom or an Anderson or something like yeah. that in the same way that you had Suter and Peralta last year, whenever Suter had to come in and do a little bit of starts. Um, his last year in the minor leagues back in 2019, that like three to four inning roughly is what Drew Rasmussen was doing. Now, granted, they were like 
stretching him out because he was just finally starting to pitch after, Mm -hmm. you know, the Tommy John. But, you know, that was around the area that he was kind of landing. And so it's kind of maybe not by design, uh, but that's kind of where he's going to potentially land again from what they make it sound. And man, that pitching set, you're absolutely right about the bullpen. They were um, they were a top 10 by war last year, and they have essentially every single reliever coming back this year with the exception, I think, Claudio and David Phelps are essentially yeah. oh, and Knable for the little bit that Knable uh, ended up pitching for us. Um, I mean, they were good last year and it's the same guys essentially. So like you have to imagine too, going into the season, there's going to be games that get canceled. They're going to probably have to pack in some double headers here. They're going to need to be creative with the pitching staff um, at points this year, probably even more so than Craig council already is. And so it sounds like they're coming up with all kinds of, crazy options that they're going to work with. He was talking about um, Small and Ashby potentially having some opportunities later in the year. Um, I'm sure there's going to be other guys like that, that, you know, we're maybe not even considering for the roster quite yet, but they'll make an appearance at some point later on in the season. So um, we're just getting sneak peeks of it right now. Yeah. That Ashby name. I love uh, to see if he could possibly creep up in there at some point this year. And uh, Ethan Small, I mean, if you, you want to look at how, they're kind of going prototypical style for the Brewers. I mean, they're they're a different style, man. They uh they they pitch a different way. They want to pitch a different way. They want to put the ball on the ground as much as possible. And I mean, but those guys are still swing and miss dudes, right? Like Brent still gets a bunch of swings and misses. And and you see the lower velocity dudes are still getting a lot of swings and misses. Um, I'm excited to see how you know as I go baseball nerd wise, how this new ball ends up playing this year a little mm. bit. Like now it appears that they actually are admitting that they're doing something to the baseball. We don't know what they're doing to it, but they're going to do something to it. Who even knows? So uh, yeah, I'm just excited for it to start going, man. Yeah. Aaron Ashby, friend of the podcast, uh, by That's the way, right. ha- having him on and yeah, he's, he's really excited for the season and he got on pitching ninja the other day. Um, partially, um, Courtesy to us, we we did uh, tip off pitching ninja to it, but I mean the nastiness, the the filth was all Ashby, and like it, it was just uh, incredible. Um, it, it was good to see him get get featured on there. Um, so good for him, uh, friend of the podcast, Aaron Ashby. So yeah, I mean a, a lot to be excited about with him uh, for sure, and he could end up uh, you know making a, an appearance at some point this year. Obviously, he's not going to be breaking. Uh, opening day with the club, but um, he's someone that's uh, certainly an excitable prospect. And like you're talking about there with, with Rasmussen, you know, like you mentioned, he was a, a first round talent and, you know, he was a starter all throughout college starter through the minor leagues. Uh, then, then he comes up and, you know, he, he really kind of dominates in the bullpen kind of like Corbin Burns in 2018. But uh, with him, you know, I'm not sure if, if long term um, he could be a starter because he's had those two Tommy John surgeries. But I mean, coming out coming out of the bullpen, and you know, he can go one whole time through the order, about three innings, chucking 98. Um, when compared to your other guy who can do that, is chucking 88 at best. <laughs> um, it, it's a really kind of a, a good contrast uh, to have with those two guys. Yeah, they got a lot of good talent, man. They got a lot of young, young talent at that that spot. And you 
you keep poking around to see who and when they're going to kind of try to see who can tag team with with Williams and and Hater, right? Where I think we're we're right now everybody's looking to see who can be the next dude to fill that three man spot that they had in 18 when they were uh, damn near unhittable with Knable, Jeffress and Hater. Who's going to be that third dude with Williams and Hater? Uh, they're taking some swings, man. I love it. I, I wish I wish it could be Freddie Peralta. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we'll see if what they end up doing with Freddie. If as long as he doesn't pitch in the first inning, though, he seems to be, he seems to adjust pretty well. Uh, yeah, don't, yeah. don't count out Justin Topa though. Like absolutely. That guy could be in the mix for, um, that yeah, three headed setup. Mm-hmm. Oh, that fastball combined with that Frisbee slider, wiffle ball slider, whatever you want to call it is just brutal. Like feel bad for hitters. I remember last year when Topa threw a literal back foot slider. It hit the dude in the back foot. He swung, and he struck out. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And that's a crazy story, too, right? They they find him off, like, a video that he posted of him throwing. I mean, yeah, just it just shows how baseball goes in, in 2021, that's for sure. Yeah, another pitching ninja guy, another friend of the podcast. Um, yeah, so it, it's just really kind of um, a, a lot of – different ways that you can add talent to uh, the bullpen. And you really don't need to spend big on free agents to, to get big uh, bullpen guys. So uh, the Brewers look to spend different ways, whereas, you know, getting guys like uh, Colton Wong or perhaps a guy like Ioannis Cespedes. So the Brewers uh, were, were apparently at Cespedes's, uh, that's a tongue twister, Cespedes's, man, that's tough to say. Yoannis uh, Cespedes's showcase. Uh, the Brewers are one of 12 teams there. Uh, do, do you think that he could end up being a, a good option for the Brewers to go with it at fourth outfielder? I'm kind of confused by what they're doing at the outfield spot, man. I, I know you're going to have uh, Yelich and, and Avi, whatever side they want to go on to the right or the left, and whichever one ends up being more comfortable. But if and, and you hate to put it all on a dude that still hasn't been able to crack the big leagues, but if Corey Ray can't figure it out to be a fourth outfielder, at least be able to be the guy to play some center when you need to give Kane, I think some of those vet days, right, and and get those legs up underneath him. That's just such a swing and a miss at what five overall. Yep. Uh, like yep. that's the that's the most frustrating miss at, at this point and if he's not able to be in that role at this point man you got to start you know shaking your head a little bit and wondering when but uh I'm really interested into the Robertson piece to see what they end up doing with with Robertson if he is adequate in the outfield right I mean I know they're playing him in some outfield I know they're going to give him some chance uh in the infield the Shaw addition I think kind of cuts down what he can do uh generally at third base but it sure feels like even more the questions in the outfield spot. I don't really know about Cespedes. I, I think he can still play, that's for sure. But like, if they're going to go somewhere in the outfield, the Jackie Bradley name kind of made a little bit more sense to me. But I think you just got to you got to be able to have a dude from within that was the fifth overall pick, not be able to crack man and a Golden Spikes dude. Like it's not like they reached yeah. really at five overall. That's where he was going at that point. Yeah, and, and they were saying at the time that Corey Ray's absolute basement floor 
would be a fourth outfielder. Like th- this dude was as surefire of a of a pick. I mean, you you could really get. He was a college, a, an advanced college bat. They started him off in high A. Like he, they were very aggressive with him from the beginning. He was supposed to really kind of be the centerpiece of that rebuild because he he was the first pick of that rebuild. He was the highest draft pick they had out of that group, fifth overall. Because the next year they were ninth, and that's where they had Keston Hira, and they've been going further and further back ever since. So he was really supposed to be the the centerpiece of that. And, you know, in in the game uh, today where he was in, he struck out a couple of times and he just he looked bad. He was swinging it really not that great of breaking balls, weren't very good swings. And he he really hasn't been able to establish himself at that point, being able to hit enough uh, to be a fourth outfielder. Sure, his defense might be fine, but he just hasn't been able to hit. And. But I, I really don't think that the Brewers are happy at all with their current options. If they were happy with uh, Corey Ray and Tyrone Taylor, they would not have gone out to get Billy McKinney, and then they would not have gone out to get Tim Lopes after that, and then they wouldn't and they wouldn't have made the trade for Derek Fisher after that. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're trading for all these guys or, or uh, claiming them on waivers or whatever to f- to fill the fourth outfielder spot just shows that they're not happy with what they currently have. And, you know, that that's where someone like Cespedes might make sense because Cespedes, he's at least had success at the big league level. Fisher, McKinney, Lopes, Taylor, Ray, they have not. So Cespedes, you know, w- with all his injuries and, and whatever else, he'd be a better fourth outfielder option than any of the current guys that they have, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, like you had kind of mentioned in your piece or write up on it, um, I think if the Brewers can get him on sort of some sort of minor league prove it deal based off the fact that he's barely been able to play over the last few years, it's a no brainer. I mean, you bring the guy in and see if he can work his way, you know, up to a spot, actually be able to contribute some meaningful time towards the team. I just don't know that there's not another team that might actually give him you know, major league contract as a backup because they can afford it or something like that. Cause the, the dude's, pure potential i mean the guy when he plays is a beast i mean he hits homers uh he hits for average he's just he he is a dude as you uh mentioned earlier but yeah i just don't know i I mean i'm concerned with how much he plays as well but if they were able to get him on a minor league contract sure why not um taylor though for for his sake, at least, has looked pretty good in these first few games. I will give him that best shape of my life candidate, Tyrone Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. Three hits so far um, over a couple games. That's uh, leading the team through just three games, small sample size, obviously. Um, but that home run, he he smacked that thing around. Um, he's looked good, so he's making a run for it. Um, we'll see. I mean, is Cespedes the better player over Taylor? Obviously, yes. Um, but I just don't know, you know... I feel like he'll he would take some other opportunity over ours, but you know you never know. I'm glad they're doing their homework on him. Yeah, that, that, that's really kind of the the big thing with David Stearns is you know doing his due diligence, uh, leave no stone unturned. Um, but what I think would be would be interesting is his personality fit uh, with Milwaukee because you know he's kind of a an effervescent personality. Uh, <laughs> word of the day there, effervescent. 
so, you know, he's someone that you, you kind of got to make sure that he'll mesh with the, the clubhouse and the clubhouse culture that the Brewers have if you're going to bring him in. Um, whereas you have someone like Jackie Bradley Jr., as you mentioned, um, and, you know, he's out there and you can get a guy like him on perhaps a one-year prove-it kind of deal. Uh, and then you could still get just as much uh, production offensively out of him. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. We're all we're doing all of this trying to find a fourth outfielder while you're crowbarring in the acquisition from last year, Urias, over at short. I mean, it seems like they want mm. him to be the shortstop uh, as much as they're trying to move around Orlando and see some flexibility there. But in, in same deal, I mean, you had a Trent Grisham who had progressed the bat as well. It turns into a gold glover. I mean, you don't want to shoot down, uh, you know, year number one in only 60 games since it came in. But uh, that's that's one of those trades that's definitely hurting that spot for sure, where you had this surplus of all these dynamite outfielders that you didn't think you could miss on. And you let one out the door and then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of looking for somebody to be that last guy. Yeah, I, I think you kind of hit it right there because, yeah, that trade is really kind of um, hurting them. I think they would have been fine last year had it not been for. Lorenzo Cain opting out and then, you know, maybe it's like, oh, you know, outfield still kind of would have been um, decent. But as soon as Cain left and then Gar- Garcia was playing center, then it's just kind of like, yeah, th- this isn't quite as good. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned uh, Luis Urias and, you know, the, how they're kind of, you know, pushing him into the starting shortstop job. And that's something that, you know, it really kind of um, – picked up in the last couple of days before games really even started with the comments from Craig council that, you know, they need how they need to see Urias over there at shortstop and how they're going to give him a, a whole bunch of playing time there. Uh, meanwhile, Arcia is going to be playing a lot at third and going to be moving around the field and how council doesn't view the position as a battle. It certainly sounds like Urias is already the starting shortstop and that they're going to give him that opportunity. And uh, Bill, you think it's they're kind of you know pushing him into it and, and boxing him in, saying that they have to go this route without really um, a battle or without you, saying it. I mean, without saying it, it sure feels like they want him to be. You know, I mean, like yeah. and, and you guys know. I mean, when oh yeah plans plans are going to change. That's for sure. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's going to be set in stone, but. Uh, there definitely feels like they want him to be the shortstop and, and that they're going to do anything and everything they can to, to have him be there. Um, whatever you end up doing over on at the third base side, that whole left side of the infield is going to be fascinating with if Urias is the everyday shortstop and you're, you know, fitting in Arcia against tough left-handers and it's him and Shaw and like a straight ish platoon, you know, lefty righty as much as it ends up being. Cause uh, it, it also doesn't feel like to me they're bringing Shaw in here to to not be on the 26. At least that's got to be their thought going into it right away. Yeah, I feel like with Shaw, he almost I, like I get it's a minor league deal and he has the opportunity to opt out if he's not on the roster by the 14th, I think. Um, and all, you know, those stipula- stipulations, but it just it has that feeling almost that he he really has to play his way off the roster. Like he's we we all feel like he's he's going to make it. He's going to be a third baseman. You know, they they passed up other guys that were potentially on the market to bring in Shaw while at the time recognizing that they did need to 
pay attention to that third base spot and not just go into the season with what they had in Urias and Robertson. And Shaw was the guy they decided on. So and and I I love the fact that they did, because like uh, David has brought up a couple of times of the guys that were out there on the market, Shaw had as high a ceiling as any of them based off of uh, what he did in 2017 and 2018, Mm -hmm. as well as his age right now. Um, So it just it has that feeling of like Shaw's here unless he just absolutely bombs it. Now, obviously, they have to, you know, lock him in with the, you know, get him on the actual 40 man or and everything. Twenty six man, 26. Right. Um, (laughs) This year. uh, But it just it feels like that's what's going to happen. And if they if they end up having this DH, right, like they say they're not going Mm -hmm. to. But everybody's like kind of easy touching it like oh well there might be we don't really know maybe i don't know maybe i don't know like <laughs> if it's not then daniel vogelbach's probably to not have a job right like we're, we're right. planning on maybe and, and this is the other part of it you know the position versatility and flexibility that we love so much if shaw can hit you know he can play first you know he likes playing first generally a little bit more even than the hot corner Maybe that's where where Vogelbach ends up becoming a little bit more expendable because you know Hira's bat's gonna have to be in the lineup as much as as you can, and he's got to stop striking out so damn much. Yeah, that swing and miss rate's got to come down. That's that's the big miss this year. Yeah, yeah that, that goes for a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> goes for the entire offense right. after watching last year. Um, but yeah, a lot of those guys they seem to be looking a lot better. They've been scoring a lot more runs here in the early part of spring training and. Keston Hura hit a home run in, in the first game, and uh, Avisel Garcia went yard, and really kind of a lot of the guys are, are looking uh, pretty good so far. But, uh, yeah, that, that shortstop job is going to be uh, really interesting, and, and I think it's going to be Urias's thing. Cause, I mean, you just kind of look at last year. He lost pretty much the whole year. He had the handmate bone injury, and then uh, he had uh, COVID over the summer, so he really kind of never got a chance to battle for that job. And Arcia, essentially, w- it was gifted to him by default. And yeah. he went through that season, and it was the best season he ever had, but it was still a below-average offensive season. It, it still wasn't that great of an offensive season. So, you know, when, when he was kind of gifted that job, and, and he really, you know, he put his best foot forward, I still don't think it was enough. So uh, I think they're almost forced to give Urias the opportunity, the the full opportunity to get it now because the full opportunity went to Arcia last year. Yeah. And eventually the money's going to come play into this as well. Like you're going to mm-hmm. start having to pay, you know, Arcia is going through arbitration and you're eventually going to be paying more and more for a less than league average offensive shortstop. So why not now switch over to Urias, who is going to be more cost or less costly for the Brewers in the long run? I still think there's a possibility that Arcia gets moved at some point this season. Um, probably not going to happen anytime soon now that we're getting closer to the start. But I mean, he's one of the ones that makes as much sense as a hater. Not the same return, obviously. Um, but when you consider the logjam and some of the depth in the minor leagues. At shortstop, it makes RC even more expendable. Yeah, because I've liked what I've seen out of Bryce Terang so far, too. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we've 
been able to see him in that that 78 jersey, which always my favorite. <laughs> it's whenever so weird. The, whenever the yeah. prospects come up in that, or even better, when uh, you know a cat's got no chance of making the team when they throw him in the generic 94 with no name on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, who is that guy? I don't, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. It, I, I was actually having a... We are actually like going back and forth with uh, Brad, the guy who runs the, the Brewers' Twitter account, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's uh, Nick Kale who hit the double. He's like, no, that's Jamie Westbrook. I'm like, who the hell's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just kind of like going back and forth before he's finally like, oh, wait, that was Nick Kale. I don't even know. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I ran so, into the same thing in the first game. I thought Bryce Terang actually hit a bomb in one of the games. Yeah. I was super pumped. Dylan Cousins. They're both both wearing 70 jerseys, 70 something like yeah. Just put put a name on these things, guys. Like, help us out. Yeah, I was watching. Well, Terang ha- has a, his name on his jersey now, but mm. I, like they showed him out in the field. He has got quite the mustache right now. Oh, yeah. Like it, it is, <laughs> it look, is just yeah. a mustache. And I don't know. I, I what do you what do you feel about about it, Bill? I'm not sure how I feel about that mustache on him. Oh, I think it's a look. Yeah, no, he's he's got a look. That's for sure, man. He's got that. He's got the full sleeve going. Uh, he's he's got some swag to him, dude. And, and you kind of you gotta have a little something to you to to separate yourself, man. If especially same deal, you know, you're talking about potential of guys that have kind of reached different levels of success already in their careers. You know, Terang for a while was what the number one, two prospect in all of high school baseball before he ended up getting drafted. Kind of slid down to whatever they got him at 21st. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great. You got to have somebody with a little bit of flair and uh, I mean, Lord knows we could get some, some guys with some flair going out here. We don't have Carlos (laughs) Gomez anymore. So no, Carlos Gomez got to have some fun. Yeah. Carlos Gomez will be uh, retiring as a brewer at a, at a ceremony at the stadium, formerly known as Miller park at some point this year, they have not announced the date yet, but um, he's going to be on the, the wall of honor, um, shut out for the walk of fame. Once again, this year, it's kind of been weird with that. Um, I, I'm not sure how Ben sheets didn't get in, uh, Ted Simmons. Also, he gets selected to the hall of fame, but can't get into the Brewers walk of fame. Come on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they, they, they definitely need some more guys with, with some flair, some fun. You know, I love Christian Yelich as much as the next guy, but he's not a, as big of the, the flair, the the style kind of guy. He's letting it out like a little bit, but he's not quite quite as much as a guy like Carlos Gomez. Yeah, we need a good quotable guy. We need somebody that we can turn to like Niger Morgan. Yes. And, and know you're getting a good soundbite right away. Yeah, Niger Morgan was probably the most quotable, soundbite friendly 100%. player in Brewers history. Oh, 100%. Oh, man. I miss his, his interviews with Telly Hughes after the game. Oh, those were the best. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, one of those guys with some flair, though, Garrett Mitchell, um, he's been uh, impressing so far uh, in Brewers camp, and, and he's got a couple of hits, including a 109-mile-an-hour 109 exit velocity base hit. Uh, he had an RBI base hit on Wednesday. Uh, what, what, what have you uh, liked out of what you've seen from Garrett Mitchell so far, Billy? I like him going in and playing his game, man, being as confident as he can be. You know, that that's what makes you a first round pick. And, uh, you know, there's 
there's a lot of guys that go into that first opportunity in, in the big leagues in that first big league camp a little bit light on their toes, not wanting to step on anybody's toes. He's coming in and swinging the bat hard, man. I love how smooth and quick his hands are through through the zone, man. He's quick to contact, that's for sure, and that's how you're getting those velos uh, coming off of the bat. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they try to fit in all these guys, but that's it, it comes back to the first round pick thing, man. I'm I'm just uh, as cautious as ever with any organization. I think across pro sports, the Brewers and first round picks never seems to mesh all that well outside of eight who uh, who just hung it up last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'd love to see him. Uh, you know, he's shown a couple of those tools so far. Um, both in the field and uh, with the hit tool, I would love to see him uh, slap one into the corner and unleash that elite speed. Like, oh, I just want to see him start to burn it up on the base pass. But I'm hoping with the the first round curse that Hira broke it and that we're good going forward. Because now we got Small after that as well. We got Mitchell here. Um, Terang. Terang. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're set to, you know, hopefully – Hira started a new wave. We can forget about all that old, uh, old first round stuff. So, are are you admitting Corey Ray might be the last one of the of the curse then? <laughs> it, it's looking that way. It is. It it's is looking, looking that way. Well, yeah. hey, let's be honest though. They hit with they hit with uh, Trent Grisham. He's just not doing it for them. Yeah. Well, I, I think they would have been able to to have him hit earlier if they didn't mess with his grip because he had the he had the yeah, golf 100%. style grip. And for like the first like three years, they're like, oh, no, we need to have you more traditional style grip. And he sucked. And then then in 2019, he's like, hey, I'm going to I'm just going to go back to my old grip. And they're like, why not? You, you can't get any worse. Yeah, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden he is good. And yeah, so, th- so they're able to end up uh, trading him. So, yeah, things are definitely looking up in that department. So, uh, Billy, I know you only got a little bit of time left here until you got to go uh, and do something else. So I just kind of wanted to give you a chance here. Uh, anything else you kind of wanted to say, anything you want to plug at all, uh, feel free. Oh, for sure, man. No doubt. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Sports Map all night, each and every night. Uh, you can find us on the uh, Sports Map radio app. Uh, and then I do, you know, 97.3 The Game, man. I'm on with Drew and KB. And then 6 to 7 each and every night when there's no – uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin basketball, which obviously is ending here pretty soon. So we'll have uh, we'll have pretty much a full cast of shows coming up here that we're going to do a little bit of a uh, Brewer pregame stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about the first base spot because I'm excited to see how Hira turns in and, and how that transition goes, man. I, I love Craig Council uh, as on his spin zone as much as the next guy. But when he says, hey, he's a middle <laughs> infielder, guy's coming from the middle infield, he's got to be. It's got to be a plus over at first base. Well, as as long as Keston doesn't have to throw the rock, uh, I think we're going to be in a pretty <laughs> exactly. good spot. As little as little as he throws it, we're going to be in a good position. And I'm excited to see Pena and Omar Narvaez. You got to see a little bit more out of one than 170 on the uh, in, in the left-handed oh, batter's yeah. box. But I think we're going to see a lot out of that position, man. With him and Pena, Manny's fully healthy. Uh, he can really handle that staff, dude. I'm excited. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited for the season. We're excited to have you on here on, on the Cold Brew Podcast, Bill. It was, it was a lot of fun having you on, and uh, you know, good luck with uh, you know with SportsMap with, with your show later tonight, and uh, you know, ha- having fun there, man. Absolutely, dude. Pleasure's all mine. Soon I'll be able to uh, 
trade this coffee in and have one of the uh, the hot brews with you guys. But right now I have to go the, with the, the cold uh, brews. Yeah, I, I got to have a cold brew. I got the hot one right back here. I got my macchiato getting me ready for the. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay up all night, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, bud. All right, so that was uh, Billy Schmid of uh, SportsMap Radio uh, and 973 The Game joining us here in the Colbert Podcast. We're going to keep it rolling for a little bit longer. Um, he had a another interview, another another uh, podcast or someone something that he had to do. So um, it's just going to be Matt and I going forward. So you get to be graced with the the sound of us. Matt, you excited? That's right. I I've never been more excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. You had um, a pretty big, pretty fun article go up the other day, uh, ranking the top 15 Brewers prospects. So, you know, we've been seeing some of them here in spring training. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, we've been talking about, we were talking about uh, them with uh, Billy Schmidt there. So, uh, I, I just kind of want to give you, I'll, I'll give you the floor here, talking your your top 15 um, the the guys you like in there, you know, why you put them uh, where you did. Uh, the floor is yours, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun kind of looking back, especially considering the fact that we had no minor league season last year. So to take some time to kind of look back on prospects after all that um, was fun. And so to look at, you know, who we've got as our top 15 heading into this season um, featured uh, what was it? I think four catchers, uh, five international prospects, uh, three first round draft picks. So you've got kind of an assortment of guys here. Um, three shortstops as well. Um, I don't want to spoil the entire thing. So uh, for all the listeners, you're going to have to go and uh, check out the story on the website. But um, just to kind of touch on, we'll touch on the top five here. Um, number five was a guy that I know, uh, prospect watchers of the Brewers, both you and I are super excited for, especially to see him, uh, finally play some pro ball, uh, Edbert Perez, that guy is going to be just dynamite, like five tool guy. Um, we're, we're just begging for the day that he and Mitchell are going to be in the same outfield together for the Brewers. This guy has everything, and he was the youngest player by far to get an invite to the alternate training site this last summer, which speaks so much to the potential that the team sees in him. Um, he's, I, I just, I, I can't say enough about his abilities. Like, we are going to, and I, I will admit, I felt bad putting friend of the podcast, Aaron Ashby, just outside of the top five, but um, <laughs> I had him right, th- right there at number six. Um so Perez at number five, um, Ethan Small, uh, first round pick from 2019. There at number four, he is he's already looked the part as he's been uh, playing games when he started off uh, in 2019 with his pro ball career, um, and then moved after a couple games into Low A Wisconsin. He was shutting them down right off the bat, and so he is going to be, um, I think, one of those first round pitchers again that the Brewers finally hit on. Um, uh, number three, we got Mario Feliciano, one of the, possibly my Brewers prospect man crush since 2019, <laughs> if I could put it in That's any a way better to put terms. It. I mean, he Midwest league, not Midwest league, Carolina league MVP in 2019 for the Mudcats, um, led the 
team in, I believe, the league in homers and RBIs, um, led the team in doubles as well. Um, protected from the Rule 5 draft this last offseason, he is going to be a catcher of the team's future. And then one, two, it depends on the site you go to, whether you got Garrett Mitchell or Bryce Terang, um, in which spot I went with Bryce Terang at number two. That's not necessarily an indictment on him. He's obviously got huge potential. Um, and I think he has the ability to um, make a big league roster at some points uh, because he's a great defender at shortstop. Um, he's got a good hit tool, probably not going to hit for power at any points. Um, but Garrett Mitchell, number one, 2020 draft pick. Not every day you see a 2020 draft pick pop right onto the team's uh, number one spot in their top prospects list. But that is how good this guy should be and how much of a steal the Brewers got when they drafted him last year. Elite speed, elite defense, good hit tool, still potentially some developing power in games, but it should come. And that guy, we've seen him already in these uh, 109 exit velocity hits that he's got in spring training. Like that guy's, that guy's got a future for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Huge fan of Garrett Mitchell. And yeah, takes the top spot as I think he does on pretty much every Brewers uh, prospects list. Um, but, but yeah, Bryce Trang is up there on, on some others as well. But yeah, just so many really kind of exciting guys. A lot of them are, are further down in the minors. And as you're kind of talking about Feliciano there, my mind just, just kind of thought of something. He's actually going to be the last Carolina League MVP because Carolina he League is, is no more. Yeah, Carolina League right. is no more. They're, they're renaming all the leagues down there. Um, so it's no longer the Carolina League. It's it's going to be like low A East or something. Yeah, I think so. Or something. Yeah, so, so there is no more official Carolina League. There is no more mm-hmm. Midwest League. There is no more uh, California League. There is no more Texas League. It's all just kind of, you know, the, the league name by what level you are and then what region of the country you're in. And that's yeah. that's kind of it. it it's kind of lame, in my opinion, but it, it's kind of, you know, for organizing, it kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I, I like kind of the old names and, and kind of the funkiness and, and uh, separateness of, of minor league baseball. But, yeah, a lot of really good, exciting prospects in there um, in, in the top 15. And, yeah, Hedbert Perez. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I think – he is my Brewers prospect man crush. <laughs> um, that kid has the best swing I have ever oh, seen gorgeous. from from like a, a gorgeous left-handed swing on a 17-year-old. Like mm-hmm. he is so young and has a swing that's that great. Oh man, it, it's just incredible um, what what he's looking like and. You know what he could end up being, you know, a five-tool outfielder. Garrett Mitchell could be a five-tool outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so two really exciting guys to have there. Could you imagine having Christian Yelich in one outfield corner, and then the two other oh. outfield spots being filled by Garrett Mitchell and Hedbert Perez? Oh. Like, oh my, God. my heart. Uh, <laughs> and then Bryce Terang at short. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Um, Mario Feliciano Medina. behind the plate. Yeah, Luis Medina is a backup. Uh, can you imagine him as a backup outfielder? You'd think he, they could uh, trade him <laughs> at some point because he's another guy who looks like that guy's got power. 
Oh yeah. Our maybe moving to first base. Hey, hey. Now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. Stearns, are you listening? We we got some yeah. ideas for the future here. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that outfield of the future, if it really does shape out this way, oh my gosh. Like it, Brewers fans, you should all be dreaming of this because that that is going to be pretty. Yeah, so many so many good players to dream on and yeah, the the system overall isn't ranked super highly, mostly because a lot of these guys haven't been able to get in any sort of um, minor league games uh, lately. Like like Mitchell was just drafted, um, you know, Freddie Zamora also just drafted, but Heber Perez hasn't been able to play in a game. Luis Medina hasn't been able to play in a game. Uh, Hefferson Cuero uh, hasn't been able to be in a game. Uh, Eduardo Garcia has only played in 10 games in, in 2019 that he broke his ankle. Um, so a lot of these guys really haven't played much. Um, but you look at the videos, you, you see their swings, you, you see all this stuff, and uh, you know they got talent. Um, and you know that they're you know really exciting prospects. But, um, yeah, it, it's really probably going to be a year before any of these guys really kind of start contributing at the big league roster. There, there's not really much right now. And as we we're talking about with uh, with Bill there, Corey Ray hasn't really been able mm-hmm. to, because he's a guy who should be up. He's, he's the one who should be contributing by this point. And he's not. And it, it's just, it's really kind of sad to see because he was supposed to be, you know, like I was saying earlier, the, the centerpiece of the Brewers rebuild and it just hasn't turned out that way. No. And and like Bill said, like this was a guy who by all rights or like both of you said, by all rights, um, it was a smart draft pick. He, he looked the part. He seemed like at the time that was the way to go. And honestly, he as recently as I think it was 2018 where he had that, monster season at double a i mean it was a, that was his 30 30 season correct um yeah 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 and then 2019 he uh definitely went downhill injuries played a huge part of that i know that's the case and so you would hope that at this point he could rebound but it, i mean you think of that 2018 with if you take 2020 out of the fact as being a lost season 2018 was two minor league seasons ago only for him as having a 30-30 season. Yeah. So it's not that far removed when you think of it that way, but he hasn't shown much. He didn't show much in 2019 that he was ready to take that next step, injuries aside. Um, and like you said, he hasn't really shown much in spring training either. Now, yeah, or know, at the ultimate read, training site last year. Right, yeah. It wasn't of the guys they spoke of glowingly. Um, I didn't see Ray's name pop up a whole lot. No, yeah, no not at all. So, you know, read what you will out of spring training. Obviously, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all what happens during this, but you would have hoped that, you know, he would have jumped at that chance to start, and so far he hasn't. Yeah, and, and just kind of going back to your point on, on being a, a pretty good draft pick, I'm looking back at the guys who were drafted right after Ray. So, so the guys the Brewers had a chance to take but didn't. At oh, number right. six, this is always got, fun. At number six, you got A.J. Puck. Uh, of Oakland, he's been dealing with some arm injuries, and he might be battling for the fifth rotation spot out there. At number seven, you got Braxton Garrett, high school pitcher, uh, to the Marlins. Uh, he hasn't really been able to turn into much. Uh, number eight, Cal Quantrill, 
a college pitcher from Stanford. And he hasn't really done much at the big league level. And number nine, you got Matt Manning, a high school pitcher to the Tigers. Um, at, at number 10, you got Zach Collins, college catcher to the White Sox. He hasn't um, taken over a job out there. Uh, the only one who's really kind of turned into something um, here is number 11, Seattle Mariners and Kyle Lewis, um, another college outfielder out of Mercer. So perhaps, you, you know, if you had gone Kyle Lewis there at five instead of Corey Ray, um, you know, because Kyle Lewis is a American League Rookie of the Year um, this mm-hmm. past yeah. year. So that would have been a good pick. But, you know, at, at the same time, would a guy that, that fell all the way to number 11 all the way back in 2016 be, you know, some of that, that really kind of would have gone at five overall? Because, I mean, you can look back at it now and be like, oh, yeah, Kyle Lewis should have been the fifth overall pick or even higher. But at the time was the view on Kyle Lewis, you know, that he deserved to be up there. Because as they get further and further back, you know, a lot of these guys, you got uh, Alex Kirilov, Forrest Whitley, Gavin Lux went at 20. And yeah, mm-hmm. you, you can look back now and be like, oh man, you should have taken Gavin Lux at five. But the consensus view back then was not that Gavin Lux was worthy of a top five or a top 10 pick, because if he was, he would have been drafted that high. And, and instead right. he fell all the way down to 20. So it's really just kind of um, you, you can only look back at at a draft with so much hindsight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's shaping up to be a rough draft, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was draft. it was started off by Mickey Moniak, number one overall, mm-hmm. and that one hasn't worked out well. Um, number two was Nick Senzel to the Reds. That one was a was a pretty good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Anderson went third overall to the Braves. Um, he was he's kind of. Oh, he, he's okay. Uh, number four is Riley Pint to the Rockies, and uh, he really kind of hasn't turned out as well either. Um, but I think. Yeah, I down think, at the bottom, there's a Will Smith, the catcher for the Dodgers, came out of there. Dylan Carlson uh, is set to yeah. look like a really good, and actually, and Dakota Hudson. Um, those Eric are looking Lauer, to be 25th yeah, overall. Good friend, Eric Lauer. Um, yeah. But. Uh, Man, outside of that, that is just Taylor not Trammell, 35. Ta- yeah, yeah, he'll be he's not with the he was drafted by the Reds. He's with uh I think he's with the Mariners now. Mariners, yeah, I think you're right. Um man, outside of that, it, without going to, you know, further rounds, that's it's not exactly a super super strong first round. So, it, does that make us feel a little bit better about Corey Ray at this point? I don't know. I mean, yeah. But, you know, it's not like there's a slam dunk guy that was selected right afterwards. They can be like, oh, man, the Brewers missed. Not like 2014, by the way. Oh, don't. No. Should I? Yeah. I think I I should. You should. In 2014, 12th overall pick, the Brewers took Cody Medeiros, a high school pitcher, and at 13th overall, Trey Turner, a college shortstop who has been a stud for the Nationals. Ever since. Well, actually, he was drafted by the Padres, I believe, and then traded immediately after to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that one was a big uh, swing and a miss, you know, which is something Cody Medeiros couldn't generate enough of. So, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, yeah, it. we could go down. We could have a whole depressing podcast 
mm-hmm. on the Brewers' failures in the first round of the draft. We could. Um, I don't know if, if anyone would want to listen to that. <laughs> um, if you would, you know, send us a a, a DM or a, or a comment or, or something afterwards. Uh, if, if you'd like to hear us go through the depressing history of the Milwaukee Brewers amateur drafts in the 2000s, because <laughs> um, we can go through all of them if you want. But um, just be prepared to have the, the tissues ready um, or the beer. Have the beer ready. We'll, we'll yeah. be having our we'll Lots. be having our cold brews, and we might need something stronger than that to go through the Brewers' old drafts. Oh man, yeah. What's important is the Brewers have figured out a way to become competitive despite the draft failures of the early 2010s, and so there are ways to still build a roster, and we've found that way. It just it just helps to also be able to draft, and so now. We finally caught up, it seems, or it feels like we've caught up a little bit draft-wise, and now we're starting to get some of those contributors up here, and so hopefully that can be a trend that continues going forward. Yeah, and and that's why you have guys like David Stearns and Matt Arnold uh, in the front office um, leading that group, and you know, really since they've come in, I mean, yeah, they they whiffed on uh, Corey Ray there, but since then, you know, their first-round picks have have been pretty good with Hira. Mm -hmm and then Terang, and then Small, and then Garrett Mitchell. Um, I've really kind of been liking those drafts. Uh, the 2019 draft was my absolute favorite because they loaded up on left-handed pitchers. Um, so it was it was very good to see. But yeah, and, and really kind of the, the similarities between Terang and Mitchell is that both guys were expected to go far earlier, and they ended mm-hmm. up falling um, down the board, and the Brewers were ecstatic that that they felt him terrain they thought would have been long gone by 21 mitchell they thought would have been long gone by 20 and they both fell and they're just like can't not take him yeah i i just i i'm gonna have fun looking back in a few years and remembering that we got mitchell as far down as we did for something as silly as a health condition that he's had perfectly managed since he was nine years old and concerns about whether he can hit for power in games. I mean, even if he doesn't turn into a 30 home run a year guy, um, all of his other tools are still going to make him an amazing player and the brewers have him. So that soon we'll be able to look back in a, in a happy way instead of looking back like we do about the 2014 draft. Yeah, for sure. So uh, a lot of good talent there. I think that'll about wrap it up for this week's edition of the Cold Brew Podcast. So I'd like to thank uh, Billy Schmidt for coming on, joining us for the first half of the of the show, and a um, lot of lot of good stuff to come. Season is uh, just around the corner. Uh, got more spring training games to watch every single day. So it's certainly been a lot of fun. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be down in the warmth of Arizona. And Matt wishes he could join me, but I do. Yeah. yeah. No, I had the, the sad part is I have that whole week off and I'm just going to be here in the cold. Uh, hey, hopefully it, it, melted snow. It bumped up into the mid forties today. So, it you did. know, maybe, maybe spring is around the corner. Who knows? So yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Be sure to leave a uh, five-star review. If you enjoyed uh, what you're listening to here on the Cold Brew Podcast. If you didn't enjoy it, well, then maybe, maybe please don't leave a review at all. 
<laughs> and uh, be sure to follow us at Colbrew underscore pod on Twitter and uh, follow the main blog account at Reviewing the Brew. Follow Matt personally at MKEMatt13. Follow me at DGasper24. Um, so thank you again for listening to the Cold Brew Podcast. We will see you next week.